Welcome to Wednesday Comics. To my left, AP18 himself. Alex, how you doing? Hello, everybody. I'm doing well. To my right, G-Dub himself. Garrett, how you doing? I'm doing good. Wednesday Comics Podcast. My name is Marvin. Once again, I'll tell you the comics coming out for April 11th and 12th, 2023. I was talking about our book club book, The Last Issue, Enjoy the Barbarian. And then we'll talk to you about the series known as The Human Target. We've talked about some issues in the past. We took a little break. And then they came back and finished the... Uh, the last seven through twelve, right? Yes, and they put yep. out a little uh, book in between, and and uh, we'll talk about the remainder of that series by Tom King and uh, Mr. Greg Smallwood. Uh, Jordy Blur and Colors, maybe? No, I uh, can't remember. I can't remember either. But that's a thing for somebody else to let me know about. And uh, guys, and you know who's been disappointing me recently? Tell you right now, my correspondent out there in fucking the the Hollywood of America, known as Minneapolis, Minnesota, has not given me any insight into anything that's happening. And uh, with the recent news, and it, this doesn't concern Alex's likes, but with Star Wars, they announced three movies, and one of them being a James uh, hashtag guest host one. I guess answering the phone on a Monday night. Yeah, I forgot to let you know. We're wow. tonight. Marvin's going on vacay. Yeah, I'm going to a little place called California. California, you're not going to go to Disneyland, are you? Where the wine flows like beer. Uh, I'm just kidding, because you know what you got to do, because you've done World, I know that, because I went with you, now you got to go on the Temple of Doom, right? Yeah, I, and they just actually, within the last three weeks, reopened it, so it just got, oh, re- it just got refurbished. I am indeed going to the place of the Disneyland and, uh, hey. and Universal Studios. Oh, that'll be so much fun. Um, a little uh, spring trip, you know, what they say, in like a lion, not like a lamb, so got to get out of the lions. That's what I'm going there for. Uh, but Corey, I called you because I was just speaking about how your nose has been to the grind, and and uh, you've uh, uh, met up with James Mangold and, and talked to him about how he's directing and writing Swamp Thing, and he also he's gonna be doing a Star Wars movie. And uh, which one of those things do you actually do you think actually happens? Uh, the Star Wars one. Really? Because there's there's been tons of Star Wars shit that they announced that six months from now they're always like, ah, those guys decided they're not making a Star Wars movie anymore. Yeah, but those have been rumored. These have been rumored projects, and now they've officially, sh- you know, they've had the Star Wars celebration. Because none of those projects have they been announced at Star Wars celebrations, and I can't recall if they have or not. I think the other ones they just kind of like were like, "Good job, Brian Johnson. You can have two movies here. Good job, D and D on Game of Thrones." And that's the reason why that the last couple of seasons they just were wanted to finish it up because they're making their Star Wars movies. Or right. they were going to, and then they shut the bet on that, and then they were kind of like, "Hey, how about you wait a little bit? You know, you know, yeah. let it germate a little bit." That, and then I think um, there's some other directors who they just be like, "Oh yeah, they're making a movie for us," but they did announce three. Mm-hmm. And you know, well, the thing I'm excited about with James Mangold is that he's always like been the franchise ender. Like he's gonna do indie, he did Logan. I'm curious to see how he starts something. Good call. That is true. Uh, starting a new thing. Uh, let's talk about the Swamp Thing really quick in which uh, when they originally announced that James Gunn mentioned that Swamp Thing was kind of be like one of their, I don't know if he said tentpole or like a very important piece to his DC story. So like it makes sense that 
that'll be the one of the, one of the first things that he says. Yeah, this person's working on, and give them enough time to figure out what that is for them. But uh, uh, do you think? And I was looking at this because I saw James Gunn was uh, tweeting uh, some random DC character. Do you think uh, James Gunn may be a little too close to the material? Is that going to be popular or what's going on? I mean, again, you know, this is must be a failure on the uh, entertainment news guy, but I, this is the first I'm hearing that James Mangold's doing a swamp thing. Oh, yeah, uh, James Gunn said it on Twitter. When was this announced? This last week. Yeah, oh, like two days ago maybe. Okay. Yeah, no, I haven't heard anything about it, but that's crazy. I mean. This is what I'm fucking talking about, Garrett. This man is in Minnesota. Hey, it sounds I'll like give him, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because that movie's not coming out till like twenty three. So. It sounds like he's splashing around in the bath right now instead of out there in the goddamn streets. No, I stopped now. You know, <laughs> Tommy's in the middle of dishes because guess what? I wasn't expecting your ass till tomorrow night. All right, Monday night dishes night. Corey, last <laughs> week uh, you were unable to join us, and we're putting this word out there, and I want to get your take on this. The Marvels movies coming out. We have that. We have Guardians Three. Guardians Three, I think, has a, a chance of being, at the very least, an entertainment movie. The Marvels, and I'm a person who likes Captain Marvel. I'm a person who likes Miss Marvel. I'm a person who likes Spectrum's involvement in WandaVision. Um, what if you see the synopsis for this movie that they keep switching places and they want and they're trying to figure out why, and that's how they all kind of like get to know each other. Uh, what do you think this movie's gonna be like? To me, it sounds like a Freaky Friday remake over here, right? It sounds like a fun concept because, like, the best character development of Carol Danvers was the end of Miss Marvel. That that last little end credit scene better than the whole movie of her right there. Ooh, I don't agree with that. Hot take, hot take. I, I thought Captain Marvel was a great movie. I thought her performance in Endgame was a little cringy. And then she, did she film the end game stuff first? Yes. Right. So yeah. yeah, give her the benefit of the doubt on that. Cause yeah. She didn't know, she didn't know what her character was yet. So. Right. Right. But no, I'm excited for it. It sounds like fun, you know, and I am on the side. I really enjoyed Miss Marvel. I thought it was fantastic. Isn't this a so, summer flick? Where's the trailer? No, it comes out in November. You know yeah. what? What's gardens come out then? Man. You know what? Six, I had weeks. I had those guys switched around. That's what I was thinking. I thought this mis- uh, I thought this Marvel movie was coming out in, in less than a month, and I was like, "Where's this trailer at?" It makes more sense because there is a Guardians trailer, <laughs> right? Uh, Why? Well, I, I did see. So I saw. Um, but by hot scoop. Um, yeah. And this came from scientist Sam himself. He told me that there's supposed to be a Marvel's trailer coming out tomorrow. Oh, well, that's something on oh. YouTube or on Facebook that is coming up soon. Yeah. So, well, speak of the devil. By the time this is out, people will be like, "What's this guy whining about?" It's out there already. So we're gonna see whether or not this concept holds water and makes it, uh, and if that is indeed what it's about, and if that makes it interesting or not. We'll see. And secret. I Avengers- just want. I just want uh, Kamala's uh, dad in it as much as possible. Yeah, he was good. We need to have him back. So he's a gem. He's a gem. Corey, I feel like there was a major story out there, and I wanted to talk to you about it, but I can't think of it. And I know if I start look, go to look for it, I'm, that means I'm going I'm to leave the air unsupervised, and who knows uh, who's going to pick up here. Um, Just the big news in the last week. Well, Star Wars Celebration was kind of the biggest news that I can think of, everything they've announced. You know, bringing a movie back with um, 
Ray Palpatine and, uh, you know, because Palpatine, if you think about it, uh, Emperor Palpatine won because he took over the Skywalker name. And so he won. Um, <laughs> so they got to fix that. Uh, Dave Filoni's directing one though. That gets me, that gets me really excited. You know, that sets up the, it's the new Republic area era. So it's like that Mandalorian time frame, And then you got James Mangold with, dawn of the whatever where it's the start of the jedi so interesting stuff um that was the thing actually that was the big news from last week that they fired ike over at marvel entertainment and so they're going to be full in marvel entertainment stuff that's not, not once again as the last week that's not the studio stuff it's not tv movies that's everything else basically though toys comics they want to fold that into disney proper and make it so that disney's directly in charge of that and instead of having it being a separate entity with its own president and everything because they gave him the ax because uh, at the time we didn't know last week when I reported it, but it looks like this week they uh, basically got rid of his position because he was joining those activists against Disney in Florida. And I don't know why you would join uh, an activist group against your employer, but uh, that's a quick way to get the pink slip, I guess. Yeah, um, I guess for sure. No but, severance there. But he is certainly a person that is no sub. I mean, no stranger to controversy, and also he doesn't get along with Kevin. It's a whole big reason why they're separate entities because Kevin was like, "Hey, Bob, I can't work with this guy." And they're like, "You know what? Marvel Studios, Marvel Entertainment, different things." Um, and so I feel like there's a lot of positive coming out of that. That's what I talked about last week. Uh, but do you see? Uh, this is a question I asked last week, and I'll ask it to you because you weren't here. Do you see uh, Disney more making the Marvel? Uh, uh, characters and everything like that more closely related to the movies now that they have full reign over uh, what did they do with them? I guess they always had full reign, but now it's directly involved. Well, so because you're saying that before that the directors didn't have creative control necessarily? No, no, no. Nothing to do with the movies and stuff like that. The comics and the, the toys used to be part of Marvel Entertainment. And now, oh. since they got rid of Ike, they just reorged, and it's all under Disney now. Like, there's no more Marvel Entertainment. It's just Disney. Um, well, what's the contract deal with Universal? Because obviously, there's something standard there still. You talking about the uh, the old theme parks or what? Yeah, they have a deal. One. They have a deal for like until like 2030, I think that. Universal has the rights to the right of the Mississippi. I'm not even fucking around. To the right of the Mississippi, they can do anything they want with it in a theme park area. Um, so I'm assuming that Disney uses this as an opportunity to uh, start. Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? You know when they, we know Nickelodeon about the turtles, and they're like, you know, it's all this other shit we don't want to talk about. Deleted, and now here are the turtles that we know it. And I think they're going to start doing it to the, some of that stuff. Interesting. What's your take? Mean, you still reading do you do you even know what a comic book is anymore? Like, is that <laughs> are you even involved in the Marvel Entertainment uh, eco space? Um, you know, I've been really bad about my comic reading. I still am picking up my Amazing Spider-Man's, and I haven't read the last like fifteen issues, but I keep picking them up. What least you got? Sacrilege. Sacrilege. I'm going to just pick one day, maybe this month, maybe next month. I'm just going to read them all. And it's just going to be a glorious day. And then I'll listen to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man score in the background. 
Here, Corey, when you start reading your amazing Spider-Man, you let me know, because I will start mine, too. Uh, and I'll catch up on the 30 okay, issues of it. See, it's not just me, see? It's yeah, but world. you're supposed to be the Spider-Man guy. I just like him. You're supposed to be, like, his best friend. But I think you're we can find, within... I think you're finally proving the point that that Peter Parker's a fucking dork, and we don't need to learn about him anymore. <laughs> hey, no, that's not <laughs> true. He is. I mean, he's always been a dork. Yeah. Who is? I know you guys said you haven't been reading it, but Gear might have been, and also you might look at the covers. Who's our big bad right now? Um. Well, so when this new run started. Um, they did a time jump, and so right now they're explaining the time jump, but it's a multiversal bad guy um, who kills off uh, different variants of said person. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of Spider-Man, did you guys watch the Across the Spider-Verse? I did. Yes. Trailer, yeah. yeah. Oh, that looks great. Literally good. Can't wait. Yeah, it'll be good. I saw it for the first time in XD when I went to go see the Super Mario Brothers. and uh, Oh, yeah. How was that? Uh, it was uh, pretty good. I give it about an 8 out of 10. I did okay. see that one of the best parts of the movie they did release on YouTube, so you can go see that. Um, <laughs> Are you talking about the Jack Black uh, Peaches song? Yes. Ah. Uh, what? Don't spoil it. Never mind. I, I was going to say, that's why I was trying to be vague about it. I didn't want to spoil it. Because it is one of the best parts of the movie. It comes out of nowhere. Um, but I did see, yeah, the Across the uh, Spider-Verse um, trailer. And uh, I really did enjoy it. I did enjoy the inclusion of Peter we saw in the last movie coming back and getting back with Mary Jane and having a family. And uh, it can only end tragically, uh, Corey. It can only end tragically. No, no, don't you dare say that. Don't you <laughs> dare. They are a family, all right? Corey, let's just get this straight. Family. Peter and MJ can never be together in the long term. That's so stupid. Do. Like, I've heard the rumors <laughs> of this recent run that, oh, they're just friends. And I'm like, okay, you know, yeah. what are the best issues of all time? Even though, like, I love Mary Jane. She's obviously my favorite, you know, because, you know, the amazing Kirsten Dunst played her in 2002. Still yeah, the was good and was the first one. So yeah, still touching my heartstrings. Um, and so even though I, you know, since this is a comics podcast, I'll give credit where credits due. The Gwen Stacy was the better love story there from those late '90s to one twenty one before she dies. Spoilers. Yeah, that ended with a snap. Okay, here that was pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a props on that one. <laughs> I'm excited to see, in the animation style for that movie, I feel like has done a lot of good for that kind of space because they, after they show that trailer, they show the trailer for the new Team and T movie, which kind of has a style where it's like claymation kind of animation, uh, and then like uh, painting over it. And I like that. I like how that style looks too. I think the first Spider Verse movie was. Uh, it's an excellent movie. I just watched it recently, like within the last week. Um, and I think like that is a movie, hopefully along with a sequel, we'll see. That is a perfect uh, epitome of like why you enjoy something like Spider-Man. And I and, and like Peter in that sh- in that cartoon, the same way that you feel like Miles got his redemption. For me, yeah. for me, Corey, that's where Peter Parker got his redemption. That cartoon. So 
I laughed out loud at that trailer. I I bought into the Spider Verse. I forgot about that, and I haven't even opened the DVD. What the is wrong with who the fuck gets DVDs anymore? (laughs) People who want to own stuff. Yeah, cheap ass like myself. I was gonna that. say, at least get the Blu-ray. Okay. Don't be that Let's much see. of a fucking dinosaur. Who's getting VHSs? Damn. VHS DVD combo. <laughs> VHS DVD combo. What did that? What you said? That's what I said. <laughs> Colossus of Clout. I don't even think they did Colossus that back in the day. Cloud. That's right. Well, Dude, cor- don't look at Amazon. Those things are expensive. Are you being serious? Is there a VHS DVD combo? Are you, you never serious? heard of this? It's a, yes. it's a movie of like the DVD player, VHS player. Yeah, it's not like you know a chicken. It's not a movie it. that's coming out VHS DVD. Oh, you mean you have a two-in-one player? Yeah, it's a TV. Yeah. Why, why would no, you? No, if they have a VHS glued to a DVD player, and you just plug them both in. <laughs> <laughs> I think you meant Spider Verse came in a, a version that had a VHS copy and a DVD copy. And I was no. like, there's probably a bootleg out there. Yeah, you probably can make yeah. one. I mean, you can make one literally with that, that setup he's got, I heard. so. Yeah, right. Corey, you got any more news for us? Otherwise, we're going to uh, uh, seem forward here. I'm trying to think if there is. I, You know, I don't, I don't think there is. But stay tuned, Wednesday Comics fans. And again, if you pay for the platinum tier of Patreon, you get one minute of my time for $13. And it, again, if you pay... Garrett, thirteen dollars. You get an hour of his time because that's how the value equates. So, um, is that is that all? Do you want me to sign off? Go yeah yeah. Show get me. the fuck right. out of here. <laughs> this is hashtag guest host one signing off. Stay classy, San Francisco. All right, peace. <laughs> peace in the Middle East. There we go. Here are the comics coming out for this week, uh, as told by. Oh, Garrett, what did you ever give me one? Oh, you didn't look. Yeah, up. I did. Oh yeah, you got that one. That I, was having, I was like, I hope nobody picks this one because I don't know how to pronounce it. And then here he comes. Cockju. Giant, giant cockju. What the hell is this at? Oh here, hey, I, found, I found it. I found it. I found it. Oh okay, okay, by, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, by uh, Mr. Uh, Scott Koblish and Jerry Dugan, the uh, team from Deadpool. Uh, and actually, Alex, isn't that where Madcap did they do uh, Madcap in their run? Yes, they did. Towards the end. Yeah. The Despicable Deadpool team reunites to give the world the giant monster attack story that movies and TV are too squeamish to show you. It's a tale of woe with, about a monster with physical needs. It needs a restroom. It needs food, too. And, well, more unfortunately, it needs sexual satisfaction. Of course. Yeah. Godzilla's not out there without his dong. You know, that's how he's talking about buildings. The only thing standing... Actually, he's asexual. That's what I learned from the 98 Godzilla. He's asexual, so he wouldn't have a sexual organ. Actually, I don't know if that's true. Would they have sexual organs if they're asexual? I mean, that just no, means they no. can they can create life with themselves. Yeah. I say they, can, they got the egg and the sperm inside. They just mix it in the bucket. Yeah, they don't, they don't need any delivery system. It's in them. Yep. The only thing standing in its way are the men and women of science. We're proudly flying our M rating for violence. Mild gore, sexual situations, nudity, duty, turds, comedy, drama, and well, some tasteful <laughs> swearing. Uh, Garrett, what do you think? It just seems like fun. Uh, got the team of, you know, the best versions of Deadpool, like the original team on that. Um, and I think, you know, the wake left a giant monster sized hole in my, in my heart because I want a damn good Kaiju story. Damn it. And you like, you what don't was want it to be a robot. Oversized book. What? 
You don't want to be to be a robot. It could be a robot. I don't care. I want to see fucking giant things fighting each other. Well, I mean, in the wake, wasn't it turned out to be a submarine? It wasn't actually. Oh, like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You could have read uh, Ultra Mega. That's a, that was a good uh, kaiju it, story. It's still going, but it's not. It, where's the last issue? Wasn't there only three issues that came out? I thought it was a continuous series. If it was only three issues, well, sure, that was fine. No, I think it was, well, I think it was meant to be an ongoing I don't know if I ever made it to an ongoing. I don't think right. so. His other book was also just like stopped coming out too. Well, see, I need a kaiju book in my life, and I'll take Coke Jew instead. You know what? Go back to '98, get the Godzilla tie-in comic, and there you go. I'm sure it's good. Because they the still do good. Godzilla comics. I know, but I'm just saying I'm finding the best version of Godzilla in comic form, and I think that might be it for you. You know, Matthew Isn't... Broderick. No. <laughs> I still think my favorite piece of Godzilla cinema is when you showed me that video of the Toho Godzilla just totally kicking the ass of the American. Oh Godzilla. yeah, Final Wars. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was thinking about uh, kaiju's recently, and that's not that's not no, no bullshit. Um, I was thinking about them because I was all the Godzilla movies, or at least a good chunk of them, are on HBO Max, and I was going to watch one. And I did figure out that one of the hardest parts of those kind of stories are the human element. Because most of the time, fucking boring. I just want to see, like, uh, dinosaurs. Monsters fight. But also, it's like, if you only have monsters fighting, then that must also be boring. And uh, I've never seen... That is something, when you get a monster story that has a good story to it, that's when when it works perfectly. Of course, with anything, I guess. But anyways, there's very few of those in the world. And so, uh, hopefully, this turns out to be one of them. Um, These two, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be these two. So... We'll see. Right. Uh, World Tree by James Tinian the Fourth, Fernando Blanco, Jordi Belair. Uh, this variant cover I'm looking at is by David Aha. I haven't seen that guy for a while. Um, oh, hell. In 1999, Gabriel and his friends discover the Undernet, a secret architecture to the intranet. They charted their exploration on a message board called World Tree. Then they lost control. Someone broke into World Tree. Someone who welcomed the violent hold the Undernet had on them. A great personal cost, Gabriel and the others thought they sealed the underworld, undernet, away for good. But they were wrong, and now they will know the meaning of Phaser. The next horror outing for multiple Eisner award-winning writer James Tinian IV and Fernando Blanco, alongside Jordi Blair and Eisner-nominated, excuse me, Eisner award-winning colorist Jordi Blair, Eisner-nominated letterist uh, Attica Badikar begins here. Here you go. The little uh, tech horror, I guess, there. A little tech horror. Phantom Roller number two. Jeff Lemire, Gabriel Walta, and Jordi Blair. New ongoing series from the Eisner award-winning team. Nope, Eisner-nominated team. Uh, continues, Dom is a long-truck driver, long-haul truck driver, who finds himself on a strange highway trip after he pulls an unusual artifact from the wreckage of a car crash, and along with his new companion, Birdie, Figuring out where they are, Birdie, where they are in the the first mystery. Find out how to get out painlessly is the second. What do you think here, Alex? Uh, So I read the first issue tonight. It was fine. But you know what? It does have very a – usually for a death book, I always feel like that first issue really nails it. Like I think of Descender. I read Descender number one two times because it was so damn good. I read this first issue. I'm like, oh, this, this could be really good. And then we got introduced to the zombies or where the hell they are, and uh, that, nothing. He beats him with a crowbar. Great. 
I, I we don't even know this girl's name because she doesn't say it after the accident. He doesn't actually pull whatever it is out of the ground. We're stuck in this weird phantom zone. I, I need more of it. I think that's part of it. Is that maybe yeah. it's leave me wanting more, but I now I need to know what happened because there was it was lackluster from what I expect from Jeff. Usually I, I should be blown away. That's why. That's why I put like a question mark behind it, so I knew when issue two came out that I'd be like, "Do you need this?" And I'm like, "I'm going to give it another shot." My first issue was pretty rough. Alex, you think... the... go ahead. What? Go ahead. I was like, even the Walter art didn't feel quite like Walter art. No, it wasn't that was... crisp. And I, was, I don't know if it was the coloring, which Jordy nails the colors. The colors look fantastic. But I didn't know if it took away from the line work or if Walter changed up his style for this specific book. Or I don't know. It just I think of how it looked in Vision and Vision's Walter art was phenomenal. This just looked like I'm not sure what amalgamation of artwork it was, but it didn't feel like his. Alex, you versus a mummy without the wrappings, who wins? <laughs> Not me, because he has nothing to stand on. That's what the this guy. Ha- these guys kind of look like mummy zombies. Kind of from this cover I've seen here. So that's what made me think: if you were diverse, you know, King Tut without the wraps, who wins? Even with the wraps, I'd still win. So you think you could uh, kick him in the knee and it would just explode? I'd probably try to kick him in the balls and realize they don't. They weren't there anymore. Uh, they so. take. They take that out. That's gonna. You can't. You, you can't get wrapped up like that. We don't want you procreating in death, so take those testicles. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I want to see more of this book, but I'm also at that kind of like in your idea, Garrett. I could maybe drop it if it's not good enough after issue two or three. Yeah, which is it's surprising because Jeff Lemire is usually a 100% hit guy. And so for this, for you guys to say that it falters on the takeoff is something I haven't heard from uh, a Jeff book in a while, so. We'll see. Have you not read? Have you not read it yet, Marvin? No, I have not. Um, okay. You know, I'll read it. I'll let you know what I think about these mummies, and I'll let you know whether or not I can drop kick one in the uh, esophagus and uh, blow it to, blow it apart. So. <laughs> uh, brought to you by Rainbow Comics and Cards dot com. That's Rainbow Comics and Cards dot com. Rainbow Comics and Cards dot com. Falls, South Dakota, Lincoln, Nebraska. Go to Rainbow Comics and Cards anytime or go online to Rainbow Comics and Cards and see where their Sioux Falls and Lincoln, Nebraska uh, locations are. Like I said, you can go online anytime. And then I said, or you can go back to the website. Uh, <laughs> I meant go there and figure out where their locations are. You know, it's like a little treasure hunt. If you're going to go there and find the gold and you're going to go see Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, hashtag uh, John Runyon, uh, hashtag um, the comic book uh, Hugh Heffner. You can also go see him and get a comic. <laughs> you need a little uh, map. So, you know, go to rainbowcomicscars.com and look at the map. Alex, you know what I haven't stopped thinking about? You know what I haven't stopped thinking about from last week is our talk about one thing. I walked the dog tonight. And I was like, you know what? I need to go find Animal Man. Find Animal Man at the shop come uh, free comic book day. Mm-hmm. I need it. I need to have it. I, I actually it's did. I was thinking about Swamp Thing today, too, because I recommended it to somebody. And I was like, hey, this finished. It's only three issues. You should read this. I think it's really good. Um, and I was like, I thought the same thing. I was like, God, the thing's still on mine. That was a great book. And uh, that's why hearing this news about this Jeff book was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, maybe not all things are created equal with Jeff anymore. Who knows? But the guy did a good, the guys had a great run. 
of all this stuff. So, and once again, like you guys said, it might be first issue. Who knows? Maybe you saw the mummy and you got a little scared. And That's then, true. Uh, it got you confused. Maybe a little uh, King Tut confusion. So, Mummies are scary. So yeah, maybe. Alex, what do you think about this weather here? I mean, I mean, it's warming up over here, and uh, do you see any precipitation in the future? We see any kind of uh, snow again? You know what? In the the shit fest of snow that we have had this last six months, this week in and of itself is hot perfection. I've talked about it all the time on the show. Sometimes when it's cold out, your balls, they climb inside you. They become ovaries. This time, these balls, they're sticking to your thighs, guys. Mm. Get the ice packs out. Get them ready. Because guess what? I'm sure by Wednesday, 90-degree day, it's going to feel like you're summer. You're saying in the winter, you're turning King Tut. And now, yeah. now, now the mummy's out. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Under wraps. <laughs> Called boxers. Did you ever watch that movie, Disney original movie? Garrett? Yeah, Under wraps. the original, not the piece of shit that they, I would never even touch it. Yeah, didn't they remake they, it? They redid it. Yeah. And and the original's not even on Disney+. Plus. It used to be. It's on YouTube. You have to go to YouTube to watch oh, Under used Wraps. To, it used to be on Disney+, Plus because I remember one time seeing it and was going to watch it. So it must be the new. Or maybe it was a new it one. It might have been the new one. They were like, "Oh, we came with an original idea. Don't even remember the one from the '90s." Hmm. Garbage. It's my favorite. One of my favorite movies of all time. And I'm gonna say it, Alex. It, it whoever nominated that thing for best picture that year was fucking around. So I don't know what year that came out. I knew it was late '90s, maybe early 2000s, but. Uh, who uh, who knows? Oh, let me let me nominate Pulp Fiction. Who gives a fuck? Under wraps. <laughs> uh, we have a clip here. Wednesday Comics League of Extraordinary Gentle People proudly presents Joe the Barbarian, issue eight, written by Grant Morrison with art by Sean Murphy. We are at the end. Um, and honestly, I think the way this issue was done is how the whole series should have been done each issue. Like, I needed more of that mixture between the real world and the dream world, not just like, f- I'm sorry, but you got to explain the rules a little bit, I feel, and that's obviously not Grant Morrison's strong suit, but once he kind of figured out the rules of the world in this final issue, it made the rest of it more enjoyable. So I thought this was a good concluding story uh, for this uh but I, I call bullshit that that kid, that Joe walks out. Sorry, I know I'm jumping around, but he walks out at the end to his mom who's just pulling up and is like, like, just kind of like dusting blood, like wiping blood off his pants. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I just had a rebar go through my leg. It's, but I'm good. I did think that was weird too. He's like, do you know me just messing around? I was like, yeah. the fuck same old, same old, almost died. <laughs> His face looked like a 1980s end of a movie, like Breakfast Club. Look at this. And then we end the book. There's no... This this issue was fine. I liked the fighting. I liked the, the dealing with uh, death and blah, blah, blah. But I got to the end of it, and it was like like stealing the monster away. It's like, oh, great. We're done with this. I don't have to read it again. I This was tough. This was not as bad as End League. By by any means, this is at least readable and enjoyable to an extent. But I was also super excited to be done with it. Yeah, I, I'm on the same page there. I mean, this premise-wise, amazing. But I think this was some this is some early Grant Morrison too. I mean, I don't know about early. I mean, 
a little bit before the end of his all of his great stuff. So, but I I still liked it for what it was. But yeah, I think eight issues was just a little too long. Yeah, I know we talked about it last week too. Just five issue run would have been good. <clears throat> yeah, it was just something that kept going and going. And I think at a certain part, like as you stated, gear, like I thought the mix was good, but also like the fantasy stuff. At a certain point, I was just like, all right, like let's fast forward this shit. Like I know, like he just took drink the soda, so like, uh, and he's coming out of it, like. How about we just speed forward and now he's in the real world again so we can get a final conclusion of what has, what's been going on with this guy, you know, stumping around for eight issues. I did think the part with the what the dad wrote about the deed, that part I thought was really great, that segment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fantasy stuff, I thought, you know, if, if, if that had been, you know, last issue, issue before that, I thought that would have been good too. But once again, I just wanted to be like, hey, let's get to the end here. Um but the mom, the very end of it, it's, it's, it just ends kind of weird. Like, it just kind of just, like, instead of, like, having some sort of cathartic conclusion with his mother about, like, telling him his dad, like, left that note or, hey, look what I found. It's just kind of like, oh, me just messing around. And, like, those kids run off that stole the sweets. And I don't know. I just feel like it, if it would have ended, like, right after the dad thing with maybe a fantasy moment of them praising the kid, the dead kid, the, uh... Dying boy. Dying boy. Um, dead kid. Dying boy. And oh. you know, he finally got what he was supposed to get. I think that would have been more of a satisfying ending versus, like, I don't know. It's, it's me. Oh, when he's like, oh, yeah, we call. I don't, I don't know. I thought it was fine. As with Alex I never, said. I never felt like he was a barbarian, though. As a barbarian, I was expecting him to be like a berserker going around kicking everything's ass. He did a lot of complaining. A lot, yeah. a lot of especially in that imaginary world, a lot of complaining. Dude, that's fair. Get a fucking sword, go kill some things. I did enjoy seeing Jack's brothers or siblings, and they all had their, you know, Odin the Slayer or whatever it was. Oh, that's kind of exciting. But like you said, I wish it would have been the issue before that we would have shown up this big fantasy battle and had this last issue to literally be. Him wrapping up, getting the drink, talking to his mom, showing her the deed, um, probably going to see some medical attention because he just cut his femoral artery and now is bleeding out. That should have been the end of the episode or the issue. The kid walks out and says, Mom, look what I found. Boom. Hits the ground. Yeah, I agree. I think they could have – there's five – I mean, there's so much in that in that fantasy world. Like I feel like they opened up the series with like so many threads, like the bullies and the mom not paying attention to them and all that, that to have them kind of mixed together in the last page, just like looking over as he's coming out of the house. It's like, come on. They, I think there should have been more of a victory there for Joe. I mean, for his character. Cause like he survived his trauma, you know, of, and of like the hypoglycemia and everything, and then he comes out of it just like, eh, this is my life now. <laughs> like, yeah. did, didn't learn any lessons. Drink a soda. I was just having a bad dream. You know, it's like all we, all we learned is what we learned in the nineties. And that's the Pop soda. That's the soda pop he dropped when he fell through the staircase, and it was in a glass bottle. How come it's still intact? That's why I was stabbing him in the leg. It wasn't the rebar. It was that <clears throat> glass bottle that and, jammed in there. And then it looks like he only got a couple drops from it. I don't know if that's enough sugar. Wow. This dude running on a knee over here, but at least he found the deed. So. 
But it was a fun ride. The art was always great. I mean, I, I think the last issue, actually, I got to hate to say this. The art was probably not the greatest, especially no, with like wasn't. the scenes with like all of the characters. I wasn't going like, to say anything, but you are. Saw, yeah, like, it seemed, nobody. It, it didn't. It seemed very unlike Sean rushed. Murphy, like very rushed, very muddled, yeah. um, very different than like the last two issues. I feel like the art was on the, the high point of those two issues. And then this one kind of felt like they just were, you know, going through the motions of getting it done. I don't think it's a bad series either, but it just, once again falls into that kind of area of like the last three book uh, club books we've read were just too long. Like in, the, in when we talk about this era from the, like the 2000s to the 2010s, I think that's the whole issue with like this era is like they just think it has to be eight, 12 when a story can be three. Like our Swamp Thing uh, Green Hill from last week. Sometimes you got a short story. And if nothing's wrong with that, do three forty pages and you're done. Well, I think that brings us to—is it Alex that picks the next one? It's me. Hey man, what do you so got? So I, so I, I juggled between two of them. This is the first time I haven't been sure. And all day long, I thought of this book and decided last minute that I'm going to do Batman, uh, Streets of Gotham. Volume one, so issues one through four. Mm. I was going to do Batman, Death and the Maidens, but I thought that's nine issues. And like you guys just talked, we needed just a short story, something to get us through, something to reinvigorate our excitement for books. I don't know if you guys have read Gotham, Streets of Gotham before, or if it's hopefully been a couple years and maybe you forgot. I have not read it, so I was excited going, okay, first four issues. Get us through April. We'll start May at New Free Comic Book Day with something new. It's been it's been a long time, so I, I own all the issues because I think I got one of those comic sets as well. But I haven't read it in a long time, so I don't remember a thing. I did check it; it's on Hoopla. So if you can't find your issues, oh, that's for damn sure. I'm gonna have to read it on Hoopla right now. I think that because um, I do have some issues, and I think that uh, each arc is its own thing. It's not really like a kind of like an anthology book about the streets, but but I, I'm extra excited because isn't this uh, Dick Grayson Batman? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't know. Depends on which one. Because it was during the Reborn era. Yeah. Yeah. If it is, then that's one. Uh, Hell yeah! I love me some Dick. This Grayson the one, uh, Garrett. I mean, uh, Alex by uh, Paul Dini. Yes. Dustin Wynn. Yes. Series stars Dick Grayson as a new Batman oh. ties in with Grant Morrison's Batman Reborn story. Sorry, you might hear me clapping. I fucking love Dick Grayson Batman. I know you love Dick. Well, I think I think even Death and the Maidens was also by Greg Rucka, and I believe it does take place during Reborn, or at least starts in Reborn. Wow. Hell yeah. So hey. either one would be good, but Streets of Gotham's four issues long. There we go. The Streets of Gotham itself. Uh, Dick Grayson as Batman and uh, during the time when Batman's R.I.P. R.I.P. M.I.A. Whatever you want to call it. Lost in time. Gone. Why can I not find... Ah, right, here we go. I found it. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, Alex. I think, yeah, Paul Dini. It's been a while since we read a book by Paul Dini. I think we did for the show a long time ago we read his that autobiography of his that comic autobiography that was really good so i'm excited right. to uh paul dini obviously uh a big star of of the or big reason why the uh 
show worked out so well. Paul Dini, and that's talked about in that autobiography, so I'm looking forward to that. He's a good Batman writer. One of the best. One of the best. You know, I'm trying to buy time until I can figure out who the fuck the colors is on Human Target, but I think... Oh, here it is. But I think it's just Greg. I think it's just Greg himself. All right. Human Target. We're going to talk about the finale, issue 12, but just overall, Tom King, Greg Smallwood. A story about a man named Chance. Chance the Rapper. Uh... He's in this, he's a human target in this book, and he uh, Lex Luthor comes up to him and says, "Yo, what's up?" Um, I don't know why he's talking like that. Yo, I need you to take over for me. Uh, somebody's trying to kill me. How about they try to kill you instead? Because you're going to pretend you're me. And then he gets up there, and uh, nothing happens except he does drink poison. And so we go on a mission for uh, twelve issues, which are twelve days, the last days of Chance, as he slowly uh, dies of this poison. And we try to figure out who poisoned him, and we figure out that it leads back to the JLI, and uh, we try to figure out who did it, why, and why they think they can skirt out sky outside the law. You know, they're supposed to be the Justice League. The fuck are they doing over here? Chance says. Um, and so we go through that. He gets a little uh, romantic interest called Ice, and she has a friend named Fire, and he has. She also has an ex-boyfriend named Guy, uh, Gardner. Green Lantern gets frozen, punched, million pieces, dead, as we think. Then turns out, faked his death. Because it actually was Ice that killed, or tried to kill uh, Lex Luthor. And she decided to put the Mac on Chance after figuring out that he was the one that got the juice. And uh, I, this is, I think Bury the lead. What's that? No, I said bury the lead. Yeah. Bury, bury the trail. Bury the lead. I think this was a, it was a great book. Um, I am a little confused about the last issue on what exactly went on, but I think it might have been uh, just me reading it. I don't think it's actually confusing. I think I just need you know, to I, take more time with that last issue. I, well, what I what read, do you think? Happened? I read eight through twelve today, and eight was phenomenal. Nine, the buildup of Batman never showing was great. And then 10, 11, and 12 kind of got into a weird realm. My biggest gripe with the whole series is that every issue, Chance has to tell you 12 days I got poisoned, 12 days ago I got poisoned, nine days ago I got poisoned. Guess what? If I'm reading the book and then issues in, I fucking you know, know. You know what, uh, Alex? I was on issue 11 or 12, one of the two. And he said that, and I was like, I think he's been saying this every issue. And I was like, I wonder why he would do that. Like, nobody's going to pick up 11, number 11 and be like the first book and be like, hey, let me see what this book's about. Because usually that that's that style of writing is that Stan Lee style, style of writing that every issue could be somebody's first issue. But if you're reading a limited series, you probably wouldn't start at 11 out of 12 as your first issue. So I do find that also strange. I think also, though, like it's supposed to be kind of harkening back to kind of like the detective noir stories because they would constantly repeat themselves like that. I'm not sure entirely if that's his uh, intention, Tom King's intention. Uh, but I didn't notice that too. No, it's kind of like, all right. Uh, I will say this. Here's Garrett to your your question earlier about like, what do you think happened? I I probably don't. I don't think I remember. Like, I don't know. If, like, did he die or did he not die? I think that's the question. The way this played is that he died. He got cremated, and I waited for the red herring to be he is someone else. Whether he was Lex Luthor at the end of it again. 
And but then she poisoned, or supposedly poisons them. I imagine. Oh yes, okay, that's exactly what happened. Now you're now you're you know jogging the memory. But I think it was pretty ambiguous if he's alive or not at the end there. You know, I know they make it seem like he's dead, but even even Ice isn't convinced that that he's not like that he's dead. Yeah. Either so way, he did give great. her permission to finally do kill Lex. He's like, "Hey, do me a favor, help with the rest of that poison, actually kill that guy." Take him out. Which, again, we never find out if Lex is actually dead. We just see that he's drank a drink. Well, yeah, we never know if he actually does that, or maybe she drank it herself because she did put her lips to it and thought about it. So Yeah. yeah. It was a great series. I mean, great romance, great detective story. Uh, it's a lot, it was a lot more subtle and detective-esque than I expected it to be a book but with that included the JLI I thought it would be more of a superhero romp. This is not even like me saying that I didn't enjoy it. I'm just saying that them including all those characters, I thought this would be more superhero based, but it did keep a nice consistency of being a detective story from beginning to end. And even if there were some issues in like which they go to the, uh, when he goes with fire to the uh, amusement park, I even thought like that's a good issue. Like I, I think Tom King where he excels is letting two characters talk and have something that are trying to get out of each other. Right. This was one of those books that had some of the one, the best art, the best covers and had best single issues that weren't even necessarily story built. I think, I think that fire issue probably is my favorite issue of the book. Then followed by eight, like eight is, um, not red cyclone. What's his name? Um, red tornado. Red rocket. Oh, Red, Red Rocket, yeah. Remember Red, I told you that I, told you, I not say that motherfucker was involved somehow? And here he comes when, to beat the shit out of Chance. Like, this guy, is this how you run business here, Red Rocket? I knew it. I That is probably, I mean, it was so good when he keeps waking up going, now where am I? And then Red Rocket goes, oh, I saved you this bottle of booze. Or I, he pick, takes him to the sky and then drops him. He goes, I saved you once because I thought this would be enough to make you talk. Now I just realized you're a dick. So he drops him again. He wakes up somewhere else. And then when he apologizes because he was wrong, guy is alive, uh, Chance beats the shit out of him himself. You wasted a whole day of my time just because you couldn't get the right answer out of me because I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fire issue. That was one of those ones where fire was testing him on whether or not he actually cared about ice and you know got his information from her that he needed. It, this book was very well done. I loved so much about it, but then I also felt like it had a Tom King ending where it's like, well, I'm, I could give you all the answers or I can just let you kind of decide what you think happened. Yeah. I, I think the journey is better than any, but I didn't think that any was <clears throat> anything, but I think maybe if just because if it being a mystery and like the last three issues, are you knowing the, the culprit and it kind of just sits you with the con- the consequences versus as, making the big reveal be the big part of it. I think maybe that's where that uh, story feels a little anticlimactic, but I, I enjoyed it. Uh, as you were sitting, Alex, like there were issues in which they would be best issues of the year, especially anything leading up to seven. I feel like uh, like the first seven are like almost great examples of single comics that are fantastic uh, on their own. Um, and maybe that's where I would be like, hey, read this issue. Like if you like you know, Green Lantern, or you like Blue Beetle, nobody, okay, who the fuck am I kidding? Nobody gives a shit about these characters, specifically if they're not already into the whole idea of this book. Um, 
But yeah, I thought that um, in the finale, I was just thinking about this actually. Now that you're bringing up the ambiguous, how do you say that word? Ambiguous. Ambiguous. (laughs) (laughs) And Dean, she did say that she put his ashes in that bottle and she said, I found it empty next to him uh, when he was dead on the bed. Um, So maybe it's also possible that like the poison, he wasn't going to let the poison take him. So he just, you know, drank himself to death or did something or drank something else to kill himself. Uh, Because it was kind of weird that they brought up that bottle was empty next to him. And that's what she uses to put his ashes in at a pizza place, Luigi's. He said, yeah, he's in the oven. It's kind of weird. He's in there with the salam. Well, I think this cemented, though, that Tom King can write. So it's ironic to me that he can write a great love story. But, man, I'm reading that Love Everlasting, and that's how it's a play on characters falling in love. That book is so. Are you guys reading Love Everlasting? No, I have it. It's on my list to get caught up on. It's definitely interesting. It's a girl that's basically being. It's like Groundhog's Day, but from a female perspective through time. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty interesting. Have you read um, uh, oh Baker? shit, what is the new Tom King book? Danger Street. Danger Street. Yeah, Danger Street. I if you didn't like Rorschach, like I liked Rorschach. But I feel like Danger Street is just a cl- is just a fucking cluster. Like I'm not having fun with it at all. I'm gonna read. I've got the first four. I mean, it's one of those things where it's Tom King, and I feel like I need to. I've loved his books, and I've hated his books. That he is a writer that I am so versatile on whether or not I enjoy him or not. That I almost owe it to myself to read all of his books. Now that I have that I have a well established how I either hate you or I love you. So well, that's um, why it's hard for me to read this that's so good and then go to danger street and be like what the fuck did i just read but it almost makes you like respect a writer even more to know that i'm willing to read your shit because i've read your good stuff you like like his- even, even like phantom uh phantom road i love jeff's writing i think he is a fantastic writer so even though i'm i'm weary about going forward with phantom road i'm not going to drop it i want to enjoy this book because i know it's going to be one of those things that down the line I can go, I've hated a book that he's written, but that makes it even more, make more sense that I love this other book because I know how he writes. Did you, did you enjoy his Batman, Batman and Catwoman, Garrett? Did I enjoy it? Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Okay. I thought it was one of the best series. Well, I loved all of it except the last issue. I thought the last issue wasn't that good, but the first 11 issues were incredible. There you go. We might call that a trend in some places, but I'll leave it up to your imagination. Well, I say, but do we like no Strange Adventures? Now that ended well with issue yeah, twelve. Yeah, right? I, 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 I was gonna say I don't, I don't think the Human Target ended in a bad way. I'm just saying that it ended oh. differently than I had created in my mind. So me too. That's that, the only problem is that I built up issue twelve so high to be. It's either... more of a subtle Casablanca kind of ending versus as like being a big bombastic ending, and so. It's almost in a, you know, I'll say get on that plane, you know, you know, that's not nowhere hunker yeah. Bogart whatsoever, but, you know, get on that plane and, you know, we aren't meant for this world. And like, same thing, like something about love being lost and somebody dealing with that and you don't get to see, like, there's an, an issue 10 or 11. She says, I'm going to miss you so much. And he said, good thing for me is I won't miss you at all because he'll be dead. Um, and then he heard. Her, then he. Then she cries. Yeah. 
I don't know if she cries. I don't think she he, she cried because of that statement. I think she just realized, yeah, like, he doesn't get a chance to, like, live in a world. He has the the benefit of not having to live in a world without her, but she has to live without him. And so when we get to that final issue, like, it's dealing with that kind of, almost on a level. Uh, she kind of feels his guilt because she killed him, but also she fell in love with him by trying to distract him and make it so that, like, you know, he doesn't find out who did this and... But in the process of that, kind of fell for him. And so now she's in this weird place at the end where she's holding the ashes of somebody who she loved but killed herself. And uh, it's almost kind of like an issue of, <clears throat> of of grievance in which you could say, like, this is her accepting this, but also, like, being angry, sad over this, um, of what actually happened in these issues. And, and for that reason, like, if that wasn't what was built in your mind and you thought the last issue was going to be a big thing with like Batman and stuff like that. Cause he talks about Batman, Batman never shows up. Right. Um, so it builds Which all these love. kind of expectations in your mind about like how this is going to conclude. And then it kind of concludes on the level where you're like, Oh, okay. It was the simplest answer. He was right, right away. And he kind of let his uh, himself be blinded by love. So love or like lust, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the other thing I've, I noticed in this book is that every every big, heavy glass bottle that got bashed on someone's face or head, uh, those people are pretty much should be dead or brain damaged. Those are heavy bottles that are not made of candy glass. They're going to break and kill you. I mean, that There's and also, how many times did, did Ice get fucking knocked out by chemicals for a whole day? So she should be drugged down her ass. <laughs> like, he's like, you know, you know what? I, I drugged you for a whole day. Like, how are you still liking this guy? He drugged you for a whole day? Did he put it in her drink or something like that, too? Yeah. Jeez. Oh, she starts to flutter, and I thought, oh, what's going to happen? Oh, she passed out. <laughs> By the way, if you're unconscious for 12 hours, do you pee your pants? Does your body just go, yep, I got to go, so we're doing this. I don't know how much bladder control you have. Like, you've been working on the Kegels or what? I don't know. I'm, just, I'm thinking when you say Groundhog Day, I'm thinking of Dean Winchester from Supernatural. He got hit by that car. And Sam goes, well, you peed your pants. Well, of course I peed my pants. I don't throw bladder control. I'm saying I got drugged. I fall asleep for 12 hours. At some point in time, I got to take a whiz or shit. Uh, I'm sure it's going to happen. We'll see, Alex. We'll try to knock you out for at least 13 and see but what happens. Drug me for 13 hours. I'll let you guys know if I peed my pants. <laughs> the next super kind, I'll throw you behind the booth. You'll be sleeping there for 13 hours, and I'll come back and see if I see a puddle every once in a while. Be like, it's what's happening back here. You don't get anything out of it except the satisfaction of, of the answer. Knowing that, I'd uh, say scientific uh, experiment right there. I Please am, do it on Sunday so I don't miss out on all the shopping on Friday, Saturday. I will have a sign <laughs> saying what exhibit it is back there, and they might come back there and look at you. And hopefully one of them gets to see the uh, peen in action. And then they can, wow. you know, let us know for the books. So. <laughs> WednesdayComics.com, talking about the piss. Uh, go to at WednesdayComics on Twitter, at Garot2188, <laughs> at uh, VAP Keaton. Um, find us on WednesdayComics.com. Subscribe to the show, however you would like. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher Radio. One of the four big ones. And Stitcher, you know what? Kind of went, went downhill. I don't know what happened. They had the chance. They were high, and then I don't hear much about it anymore. So uh, uh, Spotify... Podcast, I know that's taking off. That's a that's a you know trajectory going up. Apple has always been on top, and Google Podcasts, who the fuck knows? Uh, 
Um, so if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple, you are on probably one of the two major ones. And so, uh, you know, tell all your friends to subscribe in a similar way. Let them know about it. Wednesdaycomics.com also has a place where you can see the backlog of shows and also click on to leave us a message. Or you can call 605-215-1849 anytime you would like you to speak to our secretary, uh, Corvella, and she will answer the phone and let you know uh, that you can leave a message that we will uh, talk to you about. Um, oh, I should check. Every once in a while, like the, the app starts, stops notifying me if somebody left a voicemail, so I should check and make sure it still can notify me. I kind of should. I kind of like started ignoring it because it kept getting all those calls from China. So, or no, at the Russian ones after that episode. You know which one? Oh, um, I know which one. <laughs> about the signal. Um, about the uh, the hikers. Um, what else? Roots of the Swamp Thing dot com. Roots of the Swamp Thing dot com. That's Roots of the Swamp Thing dot com. Go there for definitive source for all things Swamp Thing. Uh, as we were stating, Swamp Thing Green Hell. So thinking about it. And Swamp Thing, a big part of James Gunn's DC Universe. So go to RootsOfTheSwampThing.com for more information uh, and his thoughts on those two items. Also go to RainbowComicsAndCars.com for more information on comic books, collectibles, sports cards, and everything you can think of under the sun of uh, of geekiness, I would say, I guess. Uh, once again, John running over there. He'll, get, he'll let you, if, if he can't find it, nobody can find it in the world, Alex. He is the Indiana Jones of comic books. And Agreed. He goes out there, finds him, and they said this should be in a museum. And he brings it back and say, no, it belongs at Rainbow. So um, if you've ever been to the back rooms over there, it's just like that warehouse. It just goes on and on and on. I assume. I've never been back there. So, <laughs> Well, guys, some good books. Nice conclusion to a book club book. Uh, I feel like that one wasn't caught up in the... No, that was Secret Invasion that got caught up in the year end stuff, so it got extended. This one was a straight eight. I know this one got this one got delayed by my COVID sickness. That's what happened. That's what I was thinking of. I yeah, I agree with you, but also excited for a shorter book club book. Just to see just get one that's so good, nice, come in, leave. You know what I'm realizing? That Joe hallucinating in and out like this it was similar to me when i had COVID. so you know i also was marvin the barbarian at that time <laughs> but as i told you guys when i came back from my sickness my brain instead of being all this magical stuff going on was shit like i would you know do the laundry and go to the store and my brain's not pretty my brain is imaginative like because when i would get to the store there'd be a lot of cool shit going on but it'd be like let's go to the store now what kind of brain is that i'm gonna take it out of my head alex i think I would I would get rid of it. Right Find the, a new one. Right through the nose. I heard that's what they used to do before they wrapped you up as a mummy. Yep. Stick a hot poker out there, swirl it around, rip it right out of your nostrils. I'm not sure about the testicles yet. I have to look that up. They might have kept those intact. You never know. I'm pretty sure they would have cut them off and put them in your little jar. So, mm, I mean, that's how I go to sleep. So, For Wednesday Comics, my name is Marvin. I'm Alex. I'm Garrett. Everyone enjoy the weather. And keep turning those pages.